You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's good, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to Locked On Balls. It's your team every day. I'm your host, Eric Kane, a radio personality in Knoxville, Tennessee, a writer for the Tennessee Rival side covering Tennessee football and recruiting. You can find this vo- you can find this podcast at Locked On Vols on Twitter at underscore Kaner every weekday morning when you wake up. I do want to make a PSA announcement. I did it on social media yesterday at Locked On Vols, and it appears our good friends at Apple Podcasts are struggling again. Now, so far this week, it hasn't made it to our lovely podcast, but in case it does, just remember if you uh, wake up one morning and you're going to your Apple Podcasts app and the new episode is not there. I assure you, I've I've cut it, I've voiced it, I've produced it, it's there. It's just an Apple Podcast thing. So if that does happen, what have we learned from last time? Let's go to the Odyssey app, let's go to the Spotify app, let's go to the Stitcher app. Plenty of other ways you can listen to Apple, or plenty of other ways you can listen to this podcast if Apple Podcasts is continuing its struggles. Hopefully, hopefully, it will not reach our platform. Hopefully, all those issues will be resolved, but some other hosts from around the network um, have been experiencing some difficulties this week, so I wanted to pass that along. Odyssey app, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher is uh, the other places that you can find this podcast. It is Award Wednesday here today on Locked On Vols. Josh Ward will check in for segments two and three. Going to hit a bevy of topics with Josh, but first in segment one, I want to go back to a question that was spurred on from Twitter Tuesday about Vols who could be drafted in the NFL draft this time next year or maybe in years 2023, 2024. I want to talk all about that because I thought that was a really good conversation. I want to expand on that a little bit. And that is a good reminder that when you're not listening to Locked on Vols, join Locked on the NFL Draft host Trevor Sakima and Benjamin Solak for recaps analysis of all the 2021 NFL Draft and a look ahead at next year's future first-round picks. Go ahead and follow the Locked on the NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And so I started the conversation yesterday with Cade Mays, and I think that's a great starting point. He's a guy that's played all over here in the SEC, going back to his days at Georgia. He even played a little bit of center. We haven't seen that here at Tennessee. But right guard, left guard, right tackle, left tackle, Cade Mays can do it all. He's got good size, and now he'll be playing in three different schemes. And so I think Cade Mays is still a guy that he was being projected by some prior to the 2020 season to maybe be a 2021 first-round draft pick. Obviously, he decided to come back and play another year. I don't think his stock was anywhere that high following 2020, but doesn't mean it can't get back there after a strong 2021 season. So we'll see. Cade Mays is where the conversation starts. We'll stay on the offensive line. Jerome Carvin is a name that I've been discussing with some listeners uh, off the air on Twitter via the DMs, and Jerome Carvin, I've been high on Jerome Carvin. I think he's one of the the best five, certainly. Uh, He can play any of the guard spots. He can snap the ball and play center. I think he's a rock. I think he's got good feet. I think he's strong. He's got experience under his belt. But Jerome Carvin struggled to stay on the field because of injuries. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt wanted to redshirt him in the 2019 season just because he knew the talent was there, but there were some guys in front of him. But Jerome Carvin has played very well, in my opinion. It's just a matter of staying on the field. In 2020, a lot of times he would dress out and be there, but it was only really in case of emergencies. He was kind of banged up and hurt. So if Jerome Carvin comes in and plays the entire season and plays at a high level, I do think Jerome Carvin could play himself into a draftable position. So uh, that is a good one I wanted to bring back up there. Elsewhere on the offensive line, 
Darnell Wright, you've got to have a strong year, okay? And then, you know, as a senior as well, you got to have a strong year. Darnell Wright has been a, a disappointment so far in his Tennessee career. But I'm telling you, if you watch him in practice, you see the feet, you see the strength, you can tell why he was rated as a five-star. He has all the tools that you'd want. It's just a matter of harnessing in your ability and going out there and playing. He's played a lot. But again, he's been banged up with injuries, and he hasn't played, in my opinion, to his potential. So Darnell Wright's a guy down the road, but not there yet. So Cade May's there. Jerome Carvin, Darnell Wright, not there yet. Right now, I think that's where the conversation ends as far as offensive linemen. And, you know, you guys can feel free to ask me, you know, wherever else. Maybe Javante Spragans, I don't think so right now. Cooper Mays, I don't think so right now, but maybe all that can change. But I think it's Cade Mays on the offensive line, Darnell Wright potentially, Jerome Carvin potentially. Let's move to quarterbacks. Hendon Hooker, he's certainly draft eligible now. He'll have to have a strong season in 2021, but right now I wouldn't say that he's there. Joe Milton is not there yet in my opinion. Of course, Harrison Bailey, Brian Maurer not there, and um, you know the newcomer and and Caden Salter obviously hasn't played it down yet. So quarterbacks, nobody for me right now. Wide receiver, Bayless Jones Jr., and, and Josh will touch on him here in a moment. And, and kind of like I said yesterday, he's a guy that's played a lot of football, but he's an older guy too. And what I mean by saying older guys, it's not like Major League Baseball to where you're likely going to see your, your stock plummet if you don't come out of your junior season. You see a lot of seniors being drafted in the NFL draft, but because of this COVID year, you're now seeing guys staying in college for five or six years. And those treads on the tire, baby, I mean, it, it wears thin. Bayless Jones Jr. is a guy that's been in college a long time. Can he solidify himself as a number one receiver? Can he make explosive plays, take the top off the defense, be effective in the horizontal jet sweeps and, and you know, little slant underneath routes? Can he be a difference maker? We'll have to see. Maybe as a returner, that's an easy path to the field as well at the next level. Scouts love that. So, Bayless Jones Jr., I'm still going to say right now, not yet. Jalen Hyatt, I think if he continues on the path and the, the tra trajectory that he's on right now, I think that he will be, but he's got to get bigger. It's not going to be next year, in my opinion, but he's got to get bigger. I think that he's on his way. And then there's a ton of talent at the wide receiver position. It's just all unproven. Cedric Tillman's been here a while, not yet. Um... Ramel Keaton's been here a little bit, not yet. The Jimmys, Callaway, High or Callaway and Holiday, I like what they can bring, not there yet. Of course, Walker Morell's a freshman, Anderson Kobe hadn't played it down yet. Um, we'll have to see, but none of those guys are there yet. And in the running back room, Jabari Small certainly could if he continues to grow and be effective in this offense. And then outside of him, I I don't know yet. I haven't seen Tyon Evans play a down in, in SEC football, okay? D. Beckwith, I haven't seen him play a whole lot yet. Love the size there. But Jabari Small, if he does what we think he will do, what he will do in 2021, be a force in the backfield, be a steady force. I'm not talking leading the SEC and rushing or anything like that, but be a two-way player, catch the ball in the outfield, line up in the slot, stuff like that. If he did what he did in spring consistently for the next couple of seasons, hey, we'll have to see. But right now, running backs, I'll say nobody. Defensive line. There's a lot of guys there. I mentioned Matthew Butler, maybe. I mean, on the defensive line, I, I really don't believe anybody's there yet. But that doesn't mean if they don't play a high-caliber football and make a difference and have a good senior bowl, that that won't change. I think Tyler Barron can play into the NFL one day. He'll have to continue to work and grow and become a nice little two-way player there on the edge or get bigger and come in and play that five technique. 
I think Tyler Barron's a name to watch down the line. Uh, Juwan Mitchell, potentially. He had a really nice season for Texas last year. What can he do in the SEC? Can he cover the pass just as well as he can cover the run? Because he can fill that hole and stop the uh, stop the run penetration upfield pretty well. You can see that on the tape. Need to see some more from Juwan Mitchell, but maybe he's a guy to watch if he has a good season. Jeremy Banks, nope. <laughs> Roman Harrison, I need to see you play linebacker. Aaron Willis is a stud. I'm telling you, Aaron Willis is a guy that I think can play in the NFL one day, but obviously hasn't played a snap of college football yet, and he's currently suspended from the team. So let's see what Aaron Willis looks like a couple years down the road when he is growing and developing and learning how to be a college football player. And then that brings us to the secondary. I'll stay true with Alante Taylor. I think Alante Taylor, as true freshman, I thought Alante Taylor and Bryce Thompson were no-brainers. But again, as Jeremy Pruitt did put it last, last season, those guys had to play because they were the best Tennessee had. It didn't mean that they were necessarily good enough to play on any other team at that point in time. That's why Kenneth George has played a whole lot as well. Kenneth George is another guy that someone brought up to me. I think he's been fine. He's also been burnt a whole lot. He's also not a very good tackler. And he's a guy that's taking advantage of the COVID year, uh, a guy that's been in college a long time. So I'm going to say Alante Taylor from the secondary. Trayvon Flowers, if you can stay healthy. And productive, I still think Jalen McCullough has the perfect size to be a defensive back in the NFL. But can he put it all together? So there's a constant theme here, guys. Can you develop? Can you put it together? Can you figure it out? And can you play consistency? Consistency is an annoying word, but it's always there. The quarterback position and beyond. So I wanted to kind of go a little bit more in-depth in breaking down that depth chart of who I think could be in a draftable position next year and beyond. As you can see, right now, that list is small, but it can certainly grow. And again, it just takes one season for one player to increase his stock, get an invitation to a bowl game, get to play in front of NFL scouts, general managers, and head coaches, and the game can change. Look at Josh Palmer. He was overshadowed his entire career at Tennessee by Juwan Jennings and Mark West Callaway, and then poor quarterback play by Jerry Garantano and company in 2020. He had 456 yards receiving, and he was drafted in the third round because of a hell of a senior bowl. Sometimes it's all it takes. So good conversation there from Twitter Tuesday. I wanted to expand on it just a little bit before we get into Ward Wednesday. And yeah, Ward Wednesday is coming up, but let me remind you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar, nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well... You're missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Now, not only are Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of proteins, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, only 4 grams of net carbs. A couple of the flavors even have 18 grams of proteins, just 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors being sold right now, all tasty, all healthy. Order yours today. Get the raspberry, the mint brownie, whatever you like. Before Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May the 9th, of course, coming up here soon. Don't know what to get mom for Mother's Day? Why don't you try to get her a mixed box of Built Bars, and she will fall in love with it. Go online to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCK15, 15% off your order for Mother's Day at BuiltBar.com. LOCK15, 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And uh, again, I I was telling you about my friends at 1010, the capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs, 
all at fair price points. 1010 is exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure do bring joy into our life, am I right? Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female designers masters have each produced unique and beautiful rings. Ideal for engagements, Mother's Day, simply for the beautiful conversation starter piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. And they're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Guys, we're on the clock here. Just search the words 10 by 10. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring that she will treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them right now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Welcome back into Locked on Vols, segment number two of a Wednesday show. That means it is time for Josh Ward here on Ward Wednesday. Josh, going to go ahead and say congrats on one of your predictions. Now, the season hasn't started yet, but when we went rapid fire bowl predictions last week, you said one of the two starting linebackers for Tennessee was going to be Juwan Mitchell. As long as Juwan Mitchell is healthy, he is going to be out there for Tennessee, and the Vols finally got that official commitment yesterday afternoon. Uh, Good afternoon, man. Yeah, good to talk to you. And uh, I just I, I looked at the spot that Jawan Mitchell was considering, and it seemed like a, a good spot for him. And I think he obviously made the same decision. And uh, I don't know exactly what the impact will be, but I'm sure that Jawan Mitchell is going to play a big role in Tennessee's defense. I'm very confident that he will start quickly because of the need that Tennessee has there. And this is good news for the Vols to go out and find an experienced linebacker because Tennessee doesn't really have one besides him. And uh, we'll, we'll see what Jeremy Banks is able to do. We'll see what some of the other players at the position are able to do as fall camp arrives. And, you know, they try to get Aaron Willis back from the suspension. He's a talented young player on the roster. But again, coming back to experience and players who have proven that they can play at a high level, he's on the list. Uh, leading Texas in tackles last year it was good news for Tennessee to get Jawan Mitchell for sure. Yeah, that was going to be kind of my next question. You kind of answered it right there with the I don't know. And Uh, We might not know right now, but he's just one player, and it's not like he's an All-American, but he is an experienced linebacker where Tennessee has none. How much better will this defense be with Juwan Mitchell? I I do believe it's more or less um, he's one cog in the machine. He is one part to the entire system, but uh, it's got to make Tennessee's defense feel a little bit better now getting an experienced guy in the middle. Yeah, it would be difficult to sit here and say this changes a ton overall with what Tennessee will be defensively. I would think that you see less mistakes made with the guy that has played as much as he has compared to the lack of experience for other players. I think in general, we will have to be careful overreacting to news of players coming in or leaving in the transfer process just because it's just it's going to be a part of the norm. And when I say we, I mean collectively in college football. I think uh, other than quarterback, you're not going to see major game-changing effects from players uh, entering or, or leaving a program via transfer. But it's most notable here for Tennessee that Juwan's coming in because of the great need that Tennessee has at linebacker. Like I think Caleb Tremblay coming in is good news because Tennessee needs help on the defensive line. Josh Heupel made that clear. But he's kind of a rotation guy. I think Mitchell is a clear player to come in and start. So I think the need is what makes it more notable for Tennessee as opposed to putting too much pressure on Juwan Mitchell to come in and be like an all-SEC player. If he ends up being that, hey, that's great. So uh, I don't mean to minimize the impact that he can make. I think in general we'll have to be careful. But no doubt Tennessee needs somebody to come in and, and play immediately and start immediately, in my opinion. And I think Juwan Mitchell is that guy. 
Josh Ward here on Ward Wednesday. Uh, Taven Jackson, four-star dual threat quarterback, committed to Tennessee late Wednesday afternoon of last week. And uh, this is huge in the fact that it was a little slow in terms of getting uh, these commitments started to roll in. But Josh Heupel picked up two in the span of about 48 hours a couple weeks ago. And then uh, the third commitment, a little under the radar, but it's your quarterback. And you've got to have a quarterback in every class. And I think Taven Jackson's a guy that's got a lot of raw talent. He'll need to be coached up. And uh, I don't think he's a guy that will step foot on campus and play immediately. But I thought the commitment of Taven Jackson was huge last week for Josh Heupel and this class of 2022. What say you? Yeah, I agree. And to go ahead and get that commitment now as opposed to if Taven had decided to wait to take some visits in June, check out Tennessee, even if he had ultimately committed to Tennessee, going ahead and getting him in the fold now before prospects start to visit to have a quarterback, one you don't have to worry about now. So you feel good about having that position taken care of. And this is the player that Tennessee staff evaluated, quickly offered after things didn't work out with Ty Simpson and and Sam Horn very early in the process to now have their guy in the fold and have that to then go talk to wide receivers and say, okay, this is is somebody who's going to be a big part of our future, join up with him. We'll see what the recruiting impact is, but I think you can just start with the fact that Tennessee's coaches quickly went to Taven Jackson and said, he's our guy that we want to bring in in the class after it didn't work out as expected with Ty Simpson. And uh, and they have him in the fold now. So uh, that's a position as well that obviously is so important. And Tennessee is still trying to get figured out short term and long term. Maybe Caden Salter is a starter for the future. Maybe Harrison Bailey is. But if not, well, then they're probably going to turn to somebody else uh, in the in the you know next two to three years. Taven Jackson could be that guy coming in in 2022. So a talented player. You trust that he'll be coached well and developed by the current coaching staff. A win for Tennessee, no doubt, in my opinion, to get Taven Jackson last week. Josh, what do you make of all the success early on here in the transfer portal for Josh Heupel? I think you and I will have similar responses to this, but I mean, obviously the transfer portal is not everything. These players are in the transfer portal for a reason, but Tennessee had some glaring needs. You need a linebacker help. Wayne got a linebacker. Need a defensive line help. Wayne got a defensive lineman. Wanted a quarterback in the room. Wayne got a quarterback. What do you make of Josh Heupel um, being successful on paper already in the transfer portal? And what's that say to him about speaking to recruits and prospects uh, for the class of 2022 and, and beyond? Well, I think it says something about the staff being able to evaluate, here's what we need. And they went out and targeted some guys at big programs. USC and Texas are big programs. I think that's something to like, that they've played uh, big Power 5 opponents. So they'll come in and probably be more comfortable transitioning to Tennessee. Not that going and getting lower-level guys can't step up. Uh, Joe Milton, of course, was at Michigan. Let's see if he plays. Let's see how he develops. But he was in the Big Ten, so you like that too, I think. Uh, as I said, don't overreact to what the impact can be. But like, here's another, here's another example. Juwan Mitchell, he didn't grade out that great by pro football focus, so him being the leading tackler may not tell the entire story with how things went at Texas. But he actually graded out a little bit better than Henry Toto and, and make the comparison. If Henry had decided, you know what, I'm going to stay at Tennessee, that would have been a big win for the Vols, right? Well, that's similar to Juwan Mitchell deciding to transfer to Tennessee. So big picture, we have to be careful about overreacting to the news of a transfer. But this staff being able to say, okay, we need help at linebacker, and they went and got a player who has been productive at a big school in Texas. We need help on the defensive line, and they were able to go get a guy that they believe can at least be a rotation player for them up front from USC, that maybe is a good sign that they'll be able to evaluate, uh, target, and attract players 
to Tennessee. On the offensive side, I think once they're able to show some production in Knoxville, that will help with recruiting either through the transfer process or certainly the high school ranks to get guys to come in and and help get Tennessee's offense to an even higher level in the future. So it's a long game. It's a long way to look into the future. But early on, I think what Tennessee was able to evaluate was correct and what Tennessee needs. And uh, they were able to uh, address those very quickly through the transfer process. We looked at the end of spring and said, hey, some guys will probably make decisions then. And here we are, first week of May, and Tennessee's been able to add three players in the last 10 days or so. Josh Martavis, French, Isaac Washington both enter the transfer portal in consecutive days. Two of those players that have been suspended for the Stokely Hall incident back in early March would uh, lead me to believe that there were some hefty suspensions coming, likely from the university for their part uh, in the situation. Um, any surprise for you of those guys hitting the portal, looking most likely just for a fresh start? Not a surprise. Uh, it's not good. Um, I hope everything works out well for those players. It creates a void that Tennessee is trying to fill, uh, I would say, more long-term with what those players would have been able to do at Tennessee. I mean, uh, we're talking about Washington who was just uh, on campus for several weeks before being suspended. But, you know, I looked back at the 2021 class and with Katron Evans asking out of his letter and Washington now moving on. Eric, you know, my first response was, well, that really leaves a void there on the interior of the defensive line when you look past 2021, and that's something that's just you know, it's going to be a challenge to overcome, and I think Tennessee staff is well aware of that. And th- there are different reasons why those guys are not going to be at Tennessee. The result is still the same, that you have to replace them. So uh, that's, that's, to me, a big focus for Tennessee is recruiting more defensive linemen to come in. You can do that through the transfer process as well as recruiting, but you still only have so many numbers that you can add unless rules change. Uh, regarding 25 coming in each year. And then you know, with French, who knows what he would have been able to do, but that goes back to our conversation at linebacker. And it's a shame that a player coming in from the Whitehaven trio that was really well thought of, you have two that remain. And uh, I think there's still reasonably Bryce Neeson and Tamari McDonald can be good players for Tennessee. The thought was similar with Martavius French. for So for it to not work out with him at Tennessee is a shame. What more, Josh? We're coming up here in segment number three. But first, guys, like I do each and every show, let me remind you about BetOnline.ag, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's happening right now, and you can track all the long balls, all the stolen bases at BetOnline. Last week, again, we've mentioned the Kentucky Derby, the NFL Draft, the prop bets galore. It was so much fun being on BetOnline.ag with all that going on. I, I, I know I mention prop bets each and every day, but... With the Kentucky Derby and horse racing and the NFL drafts, I mean, that is prop bet galore, and I had a whole lot of fun with Bet Online. You can get all the latest news and odds and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, National Basketball Association, the National Hockey League, and all of your UFC, or UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, I encourage you to head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or your mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news. You can sign up for bonuses and contest information. There's a whole lot of that. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game, make a difference. When you go to the website on your laptop or your mobile device, I encourage you to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus if it's your first time on your first deposit. All you have to do, use the promo code locked on. Promo code locked on, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Let's go make some money together, guys. All right? Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the 
biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We continue our conversation here on Ward Wednesday with Josh Ward at Josh underscore Ward. Of course, former host here of Locked On Balls. And Josh, uh, let's reflect now on the NFL draft. Okay, the big story coming away from the NFL draft from a Vols perspective is Trey Smith sliding. Okay, but first, before we get into Trey Smith, Josh Palmer, man, third round. I did not think Josh Palmer would be drafted in the third round, and certainly I didn't believe he would be selected before Trey Smith, but looks like he's in a good position, and that senior bowl really, really paid off for him. Yeah, he's a guy that he obviously climbed up, or at least climbed up from where people on the outside were talking about him to where he ended up being drafted, and I just I love the spot. As the Chargers have talent on offense, and they have a big-time young quarterback in Justin Herbert, who was terrific as a rookie, and I think everybody has recognized that going from the quarterback situation at Tennessee the last few years to what they have in L.A. is a big step up for Palmer, and I'll be curious to see how exactly he fits and how he's used in that offense, but I know there's a question about Mike Williams' future. Is he going to be a Charger beyond 2021? So part of this is, of course, planning for the next several years, and Palmer could have a good role there, but uh, they have talent, and Palmer is a guy that still, I think, has a, a lot of development that we'll see from him. And I, I, don't, I never thought that T. Martin was was joking, certainly not joking, but I, I don't think that he was exa- exaggerating just to sell his player when T. was talking about coming to Tennessee and seeing what Palmer could do and comparing him to some of the guys that he had coached at USC who then went on to the NFL. I think T. Martin meant it, and uh, he was probably underrated at Tennessee because of, uh, in 2019, having other players who were going to get the spotlight, and Marquez Calloway and Juwan Jennings deservedly so. And then again, the lack of uh, solid quarterback play consistently. That negatively affected how Palmer was viewed, but that doesn't affect how he is as a player. So I kind of like the spot for him and for the Chargers to bring Palmer in. Bryce Thompson signs an undrafted free agent deal with the Saints. A lot of a success down there for volunteers in New Orleans. Uh, we'll have to see about Brandon Kennedy here in the coming days as he's trying to seek a, a position in, in a camp at the next level, but uh, Trey Smith, okay, I think everyone can agree, even if you're not a Tennessee Volunteers fan, I think everyone can agree that he is certainly uh, better than a six-round talent, but because of the blood clot issues, because he had to miss time, because of the uncertainty, that is why his draft t- stock just plummeted there, and he slid all the way to the sixth round. Josh, I was speaking with VFL in front of the program, uh, Ramon Foster, on Sunday night, and I was just like, man, I understand that the medicals are an issue here, but you know, once you get into the, into the fourth and fifth round, I mean, you're you're long past some of these dudes, not even making the team that they're being drafted by. You, that's often the case. Why did he slide to the sixth round? And Ramon kind of summed it up this way, in, in in short, and he said, "Hey, when you're in the NFL, and you know, it's unfortunate because it's out of his control, but Trey Trey uh, Smith is considered a high maintenance player. The investment that a team is going to have to pour into Trey Smith in terms of getting him ready, it's going to be costly." and you don't want to be a high-maintenance player. I thought that was very interesting because I didn't really think about that. What did you make of Trey Smith slotting to the sixth round? It's it's um, a great position for him in Kansas City, Andy Reid, and you know, he'll be motivated as, as all get out, but um, uh, Trey Smith falling to the sixth round, kind of unfortunate there, ending to his volunteer career. 
Yeah, what Ramon said makes a lot of sense to me. I say that I would expect that that's a big part of it. I don't think there's any question that it was the medicals that caused trade to drop. Yeah, I've thought one thing, and uh, part of this would just come back to the quote high maintenance uh, player, if that's how he's described by the NFL, is that uh, you know, he's been playing football the last couple of years. He just he had a different practice schedule and was able to do more this past year than in 2019, which was great. But I've felt like over the last several days, part of the conversation about Trey has been as if he didn't play. Like the question has been, can he come back and play, even though he's he's been out there on the field? I think NFL teams overthink it. And I think Trey is just one of the examples. We have them every year. And I think there are several this year. I, I thought on the offensive line in the SEC, we found a few examples. I thought Drake Jackson not being drafted at all out of Kentucky because there was, I think, a question about his arm length uh, or height, uh, maybe a combo there. Yeah, I just, I think it's silly. And uh, with Trey, I, I think you look at him like this. I think it is likely that, assuming he's healthy, which will we'll do if you're drafting him, uh, that he is a starter for several years in the NFL. He could be a really good starter, but I think there's a good chance that he is at least a starter. If you can get a starting offensive lineman, in the third, fourth, fifth round, I think you jump on that opportunity. So to get him in the sixth round, I think it's a great spot. I don't think it's a coincidence that he goes to Kansas City, which is one of the smarter organizations, has one of the best offensive coaches of all time in Andy Reid. So for Trey Smith, I'm sure it was disappointing to slide to the sixth round, but he lands in as good of a spot. So he wasn't drafted where he wanted to be, but he was drafted by a team that he should look look forward to playing for in Kansas City. All right, I lied as I always do. One more. Um, I've been asked this question a lot this past week, and only one name comes to mind right off the bat, and it is Cade Mays. But there are a number of players that can play themselves in to being in a draftable position next year. Tennessee football players drafted in the NFL Draft 2022. Um, off the top of your head, who all would you say right now? Kate is the first name to think of. He's the obvious choice. You know, a year ago, he was being projected as a potential first-round pick in the 2021 draft. Obviously, it did not play out that way, but he would be somebody to pay attention to next year. Eric, here are the names that came to mind to me immediately in talking about guys that could make a jump and be considered draftable guys next year. I think in the secondary, Alante Taylor and yeah. Trayvon Flowers. Uh, I'm not saying they will be drafted. I'm saying guys that could make a jump. So if Willie Martinez and Tim Banks are able to get more out of them, they're good athletes, uh, well thought of. Uh, Alante's been a, a leader on the team. Valus Jones, he's not to this point shown that he's an NFL receiver, but in this offense he could put up numbers. He has speed, and that is something that teams will pay attention to, could help as a returner. Uh, Juwan Mitchell, maybe he's somebody to pay attention to at linebacker for Tennessee. And then you'd love for a lineman to, to be able to emerge. I just I don't know who that is on either side of the ball right now. And then uh, one other guy, so I'm just kind of doing a roll call, but wouldn't Tennessee fans love if Hendon Hooker is drafted next year? Because if that's the case, he actually had a really good year this fall at Tennessee. So all of that is projecting, and those are big ifs with some of those players, but that's who came to mind if you're trying to put a list of, of players at Tennessee. Great stuff as always from Josh Ward here on Ward Wednesday. What's coming, on, uh, coming up on the program Sports 180 here this week, Josh? Yeah, a lot of off-season talk about where Tennessee is, kind of examining the personnel you hopped on with us, if anybody goes back and listens from Monday's show. But a lot of off-season talk about where Tennessee football is. Some Tennessee hoops as well. A lot of hype, a lot of buzz around this new-look roster that Rick Barnes and his new coaching staff have put together. Every weekday, noon to 3 on the Sports Animal. Josh, thanks so much, man. We'll chat next week. Always fun. Thanks, Eric. And that'll do it here for a Ward Wednesday. Great stuff there from Josh, touching on a number of topics in Tennessee football from a roster standpoint, from a draft standpoint, even looking ahead. Of course, talking about a new commit in David Jackson and, of course, Juwan Mitchell 
and some departures to that roster. So appreciate Josh for his time each and every Wednesday. So a whole lot of fun there. And guys, I encourage you to, once we, uh, once we're done here in a couple of minutes, check out the uh, locked on today podcast, 20 minutes every single day, host Peter Pikowski updating you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of a local experts from around the locked on podcast network. You can follow the locked on today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Got a couple big shows left this week. Hoping to catch up with some BFLs and bring you more Tennessee football coverage as always. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. This is Locked On Balls every weekday morning, wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, everybody. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.